Hey, this is Dan Savage from the Orlando Magic, and you're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Garrett, Mikey, and Paul. Go Magic! In order for the magic to work, you have to truly believe in the magic. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome to Penny for Your Thoughts, Orlando Magic UK's weekly podcast. Uh, as uh, my name's Geraint. As always, I'm joined by the elder statesman, Mr. Paul Bacon. How are we, Paul? Any more injuries to report? All good, mate. All good. Absolutely no calamities. It's been an uneventful week. Yeah, and have you recovered Sorry. from last week's uh, incident? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The strain seems to have uh, eased a touch. <laughs> Excellent. Good stuff. You don't need Monty details. <laughs> Mikey, how are you, mate? You feeling better? I know you've been yeah. under the weather this week. Yeah, just got just non-COVID cough. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm getting there. Been in bed half of the week and uh, skiving off of work. No, I haven't been skiving, but uh, <laughs> I'm good. I'm good, mate. Awesome. You could do that if you're your own boss. So uh, true. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, but and it's better to skive when you're getting paid, mate. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. That's when you're an employee, it's better skiving at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and we're delighted to be joined by our favourite Mackham, Mr. Gary Craggs. How are you, mate? Other than all, the football? All good. Not talking about football, because um, it just always ends in tears. So we'll just stick to basketball, which is slightly less painful at the minute. Slightly. Yeah. I, I will let Paul just get in there, because you're... As a man from Mansfield, I've got to ask who's looking forward to the second round draw of the FA Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were a Leeds fan, Paul. <laughs> I can flip like just as much as G can with me allegiances. Well, <laughs> uh, thank you for joining us, Gary. Um, just to, to go over this week, uh, we do appreciate it. Um, right, let's kick things off then. So, magic news in the last week. So a couple of injury updates. Chumo Kiki returned to the lineup against the Minnesota Timberwolves, but we did lose Gary Harris to an ankle injury uh, the, the previous game in Detroit. Um, he did return, however, later in the week um, against San Antonio last night. And then we still have Mark Fultz, Jonathan Isaac, Michael Carter-Williams and Etwan Moore on the sideline. Um, this week, uh, I think it was Monday, 1st of November, um, we released the City Mashup uniform. Now, uh, if you've got some time, Paul's written a nice little article on our website. If you want to go and take a look at that, uh, just given details on the jersey. Um, we believe that the drop will be on the 15th of November. However, as we know, this is possibly subject to change dependent on how Nike um, released the jersey. Uh, and we're always last, actually, aren't we? Literally always. Seems to be. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, so, guys, first of all, um, any thoughts on the new jersey? What do you like? Anything you change? So, Gary, what do you think, mate? I really like it. Um, I was not a fan of the star print once, um, probably controversially because I heard everybody else liked them, but I really like the pinstripe message. I really like seeing the magic coming back onto the front of the jersey at the expense of the, the logo. Um, the, if I was going to be really nitpicky, and be really nitpicky here, I would possibly have just liked to have seen the classic font or the star print font for the numbers being used. Yeah. yeah. But that's that would be it 
for me. Mate, I've got exactly the same thing. That my one criticism is the modern numbers against the throwback font of Magic. That's my one criticism of it. Yeah, it's the yeah. first thing I saw when I went. There's something not quite. And then when when they unveiled it, and I just was like, yeah, it's it's the it's the numbers. Yeah, it's exactly what I've got, mate. Yeah, I, I quite agree on that. Great, man. They you did it Mike? last year. Didn't they? They did it last year on on the white jersey. Mm-hmm. We had yeah. the throwback numbers on that one. But um, you, you guys know, with I think this is the best design out of all of the Orange City jerseys we've had. The only thing I do not are uh, right, the numbers as well. But you guys know I'm not a fan of the grey. If it was black, and in and some of the photos the Magic released on on Monday, they actually look black, and I just think they look a lot cleaner than the anthracite grey. But Apart from that, the design's really, really nice. Yeah, yeah. it is pretty on point. The only thing for me is the um, the magic. I'd have had that in the blue or the white, not orange. I think it's just a little bit too much orange there. Um, but like what you guys say, it, it's a pretty fresh look. Um, but uh, the only disappointing thing um, I wanted to add was the court. Now, according mm-hmm. to, to rumours and what we've seen on Twitter... Um, we're getting the same court that we've had the last two or three seasons, whatever it is. Um, we'd have liked to see something different, wouldn't we? Even if they just put the classic orange logo in the middle of the court that went yeah. with the new uniforms, that would go a long way. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was, yeah. I was, I've got to say I was surprised that there wasn't something, um, but it's not not the greatest thing for me. I tend yeah. to, I don't tend to take much notice of the court. I'm not going to lie. Until I'm watching <laughs> on the, there's odd, there's odd courts where you look and think, I really don't like the look of that on the TV. Mm-hmm. Um, it just doesn't show up well. Um, Brooklyn's is one for me. I don't, I don't like watching uh, games from the from the Barclays Centre. Uh, I don't think the court shows up well. But other than that, I don't really take much notice of them. I've got to be honest. Yeah, so, not a great thing for me. I know what you mean, Paul. Memphis Grizzlies—they're colour schemes for me. When I just yeah. watch a Memphis game, it just looks so boring, and I'm thinking I couldn't watch 41 home games of that. Um, so yeah, I totally get that. Totally get that. While um, we're so, on um, the court, while we're on the court, on, uh, we forgot to bring this up last week. Has anybody noticed the ends of the court? It was, and this was the same last night against the Spurs. You might, if you haven't noticed this, the ends of the court are a lot lighter. In the middle of the court, and it's almost since they put the Florida blue uh, advertising on the floor, they've changed. So next time you look at, when you look back at the game, you'll you'll see quite clearly there's a difference, like on the last few squares of the court. So I don't know, but my OCD is not a fan. Do you reckon that's why we're doing so badly at home then? Yeah, one hundred percent. Nothing to do with the, the shine off the court. <laughs> I'll have to tell Sabrina because uh, one of her jobs now is uh, monitoring all the signage okay. in, in game um, <clears throat> to see that it's all working that it's doing whatever um, we'll have to pass on a message that it's uh, not sitting well with your OCD Mike it's making the court too bright yeah yeah cool right um, so just a quick reminder before we get down to the nitty gritty of last uh, last week's games uh, we have a Jalen Suggs jersey competition that's still running uh, we're going to be drawing that to an end in the next week or so 
So our friends at NBA Store EU and Fanatics are giving away a Jalen Suggs Magic Black jersey to one lucky winner. All you need to do is two things. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and leave us a comment in the episode uh, which was looking at the 2021-22 schedule, telling us which Magic player you're most looking forward to seeing. Uh, the links will be in the description. Um, as we've mentioned in weeks gone by, if you've got two accounts, comment twice. You get two entries into the uh, into the draw. Um, so like I said, we'll be doing that shortly, uh, probably announcing it in the next two or three episodes. So um, get your entries in and uh, support us. That'd be great. Right. So uh, last, well, was a week Friday ago now? Wow. Seems such a long time ago. So let's have a little um, recap then. So we played the Toronto Raptors in Toronto. Uh, this was Scotty Barnes and Jalen Suggs' first meeting. And obviously, there was a lot of you know talk going on on Twitter, especially with the Toronto fans. I don't know why uh, they had the choice no in the class. first place, didn't they? I know, I know, I know. Um, so, brief recap. We lost the game 110-109. Uh, we got strong performances out of the backcourt with Cole Anthony registering 24 points, including five of six from downtown. Jalen Suggs also finished with 21 points and Mo Bamba finished with a very respectable 14 and 18 boards, which I believe tied his career high. Um, unfortunately, Fred Van Fleet took over in the fourth quarter, notching 16 of his 19 points as Toronto held on. Uh, but the Magic did have an opportunity to win when Cole Anthony had the ball with some seven, eight seconds to go. Uh, but the ball was deflected and uh, it resulted in a heave from half court, which just came up a little bit short. Um, so thoughts on that game, Paul? I, um, we had fantastic fight. Uh, every punch that the Raptors threw, we rolled with. And we came back uh, swinging at them. Uh, great spirit, great desire. Real disparity in the free throw calls. Uh, in the foul calls and the amount of uh, free throws. Um, I also thought that there was the uh, flagrant foul on Jalen Suggs that should have been looked at, which uh, never did get looked at. Um, my one thing for the game, um, beyond how well I think we actually did, was that I would love to have seen Coach Mosley have. Perhaps when Mo Bamba took the rebound with 10 seconds to go, call a timeout then to get a set play rather than call it when he did when Jalen was driving through to the uh, to the basket with what was it six seconds to go perhaps he, as we had a timeout remaining as Cole Anthony gathered the ball perhaps he could have called for a one there when we got about two seconds left rather than have to have the half court heave but again this is you know in, in the same way as we talk about the team learning the coach is learning as well so if it's if it was an error and hey got a damn sight more experience than me who am I to criticise but that would be my one thing that I, I, I wish he'd have called a different time out to when he did yeah Mikey uh, I, look, it's going to be a season of, of of trying to focus on the good things happening in games uh, the, all the starters were in double figures uh, but rebounding the ball has been a real issue and Bama had 18 Wendell had 12 so that's positive um, Cole continues to lead the team. He's, he had 24 points. Uh, I think Suggs had his first 20-point night of the season against the Raptors as well. 21, wasn't um, it? 21, yeah. yeah. Um, and they've just shown in this game that even when you're down, that they're going to keep fighting, they're going to keep hustling and, and trying to work 
work their way back into the game and they did this and they gave themselves a, a shot mm-hmm. to win it right at the end. So um, they come up short, like Paul's already said. Um, maybe we could have drawn up something a little bit better at the end for Cole Anthony. I know he sort of fumbled the ball, but look, they had a chance. Um, and I think down 10 going into the last few minutes of the game, I don't think we can really complain about about that really too much. No. Yeah. Yeah, the game, the last couple of minutes, um, it looked as though it was over and it was just going to peter out. And then, you know, we came back and I think if you were a neutral watching an Orlando-Toronto game, you would have really got your money's worth out of that because it was a really, really entertaining game of basketball. And I, I saw the rivalry between Toronto and Magic fans online, which again, I, I don't really, doesn't make sense to me because it was billed as like almost the four versus the five in the picks. And it was so much more than that. We got to see what Cole Anthony's doing, what seems to be on a regular basis now. We saw, I thought, Bamber and Carter Jr. played well in that game. And then if you're a Raptors fan, you should be really sitting there thinking the Saints will have landed a great pick in Barnes. Um, OG Ananobly again had a good game. And I thought Toronto, like their bench unit, was the difference between the teams for me. Um, they, we didn't yeah. get too much from the bench. And I was saying the Raptors had, I was calling them at the Killer Bees, um, Boucher, Banton and Birch coming off the bench. And they just brought this like energy and length and they seemed to up the tempo. Whereas when we went to our bench, that's when we seemed to fall away again a little bit. So again, it's a learning curve. And if you're looking at it as development, you've got to be happy what you saw. Yeah. Definitely. So we haven't we haven't got ref rant in this week because I didn't think the officials are that bad this week. Other than this play with Suggs, because in the first half we had to challenge. Did we challenge it? Yeah, we did, didn't we? Well, they went to review, and then we got the four point play. Is that right? I can't remember now. It was such a long time ago. <laughs> Too far gone. <laughs> yeah, it was a while ago, wasn't it? But I don't know why they didn't give us the opportunity to, or, or we we threw the challenge in for that Suggs um, three and one because that would have brought us you know possibly level had he made a free throw um, yeah that was the and only if he'd been called a flagrant mate we'd have got possession yeah. yeah very true very true right let's move on then so um, we then faced on a back <laughs> second night of a back to back the Detroit Pistons a game we would probably say we thought we'd, we'd, we'd win um, unfortunately, we didn't. We lost 110 to 104 in Kate Cunningham's uh, NBA debut. Um, he didn't have the best of nights, registering two points um, in 19 minutes on one of eight shooting. But ultimately, it was Jeremy Grant and Kelly Olenek who did the damage, notching 22 and 18 points respectively. Um, the Magic were led by Franz Wagner with 19 points. Cole Anthony chipped in with 10 uh, 15 points, 10 rebounds, and um, Mo Wagner scored 13 points. I think I was watching this game, and in the middle of the third quarter, we made the run, and the Wagner brothers were absolutely superb. And I think uh, JT and David Steele were, um, you know, we were giving all these Michigan kind of um, references, weren't they? Having a great night in Michigan, etc., etc. I thought, yeah, we should, you know, put, put our foot on the pedal now, blow them out. No, didn't happen, did it? Um, so, unfortunately, our downfall really was, for me, down to the three-throw line. Uh, we made 11 of 15. Uh, the Pistons made 24 of 30. It was quite, quite telling. 
Um, other, the other statistical categories were very similar. So um, I can to Gary first on this one. Any thoughts, mate? Yeah, um, first of all, um, I thought it was one of the worst games of basketball I've watched. I just thought it was <laughs> two really bad teams and I'd, I'd expected us to go in and win. I thought we'd get, you know, like we'd been very close, bit of momentum, maybe he's lifted the players. Um, and again, that you thought the Magic were going to take the game when, you know, the Wagners were starting to play. It didn't happen. Um, for me, I felt the difference between the teams. They, they had Jeremy Grant and Kelly Olenek, um, veterans who came in and did what you'd want veterans to do for a young team. Um, and it didn't really happen for us. Um, my other takeaway would be that... Um, and the Pistons had Sadiq Bey and Isaiah Stewart playing for them, who were apparently guys who are better second-year players than Cole Anthony. And whereas I think they're both good players, I particularly like Stewart. I don't think they are. <laughs> I didn't think they were last <laughs> season, and I still don't. Um, but for me, the big takeaway, the difference was what Jeremy Grant and Kelly Olenek did at um, key points of the game when the veterans stepped up. Yeah. Mikey? I was really disappointed. I mean, when you're up seven in the third quarter and then, and if you look at the stats, we shot a higher field goal percentage. We shot a higher three point percentage and you still come out on the wrong end. That's a bit of a tough pill to swallow against the Pistons. Um, so again, we allowed 17 offensive rebounds in that game. That was another issue. We, I felt like, and we talked about this last week, it was a second night of a back-to-back and I felt like we we lost our legs in the th- like towards the end of the third into the fourth and that energy sort of went then and when we got behind, it was a bit of a, a bit of a struggle to get back into it then. Um, so, yeah, like Gary said, it was, a, it was a bad game to watch. It was a bad result. So, um, yeah, that's all, that's all I've got to say on that one. And did it ruin your Jeez. Sunday as well, Paul? Mate, it was uh, it was a particularly bad game to watch when you're nursing a really nasty hangover. We've got visitors. Uh, I watched it on the <laughs> Sunday morning, and do you know what? It was one of them games that was on in the background. You you start watching it, and then for about ten minutes, you think, "Yeah, he's there," and you just keep glancing. So I'm pleased you didn't come to me first to ask me about what I thought about it because uh, I'll be honest, you didn't my head was pounding. <laughs> <laughs> I think right, I remember then, sitting there thinking, I'm sick of turnovers. I'm <laughs> sick of watching us make turnovers. But other than that, yeah. I've not really got much analysis of it, I'll be honest. Fair enough, fair enough. Let, let's move on to uh, happier times, shall we say. So probably the, the toughest game from the road trip was the game against the Minnesota Timberwolves on Monday, I believe it was. So we won the game 115-97. to 97. Um, the fourth quarter was uh, exceptional. We turned a 78-72 deficit, um, winning obviously 150-97 with a 43-19 frame. Um, Cole Anthony flirted with a triple-double with 31 points, nine rebounds, eight assists. Franz Wagner, who's slowly becoming a, a star and a bit of a cult hero, uh, notched 28 points, including an absolutely thunderous slam which I'm sure we'll discuss in a bit more detail shortly. Um, Solid contributions across the floor. Wendell Carter scoring 15 and grabbing 14 rebounds. Suggs returning to Minnesota for the first time 
uh, got a good ovation and a lot of support there, scoring 15 with Bamba uh, also chipping 8 and 10 rebounds. Orlando shot 45% to Minnesota's 37 uh, and held their own their own on the boards with a margin of 51 to 47, somewhere we've really struggled. Uh, Edwards led Minnesota with 24 with Carl Anthony Towns notching 23 and 16. Uh, this improved our uh, record to two and six. So, Mikey, I'll come to you first. Well, you can't complain about ref rant in this game because we had all the goals and all the free throws in this one. But uh, I've got nothing yeah. to say, mate. Nothing to say. <laughs> after conceding 32 in the first quarter and holding them to 39 in the second half, um, defensively, we we really, really stepped up in the second half. Um I mean, it was all about the fourth quarter. I mean, in fact, it was just before that. The end of the third, we really started getting that run going and then took that momentum into the fourth quarter. Like I said, Cole was was lighting it up and he loves playing in Minnesota. Um, like I said, Wagner, the dunk. I, I was actually sat on the sofa under a, under a blanket, under the weather, feeling terrible. Even I got up off the sofa and I was walking around the living room with my head in my hands thinking, what have I just saw? Like... Quality, quality game. Um, one of those that we can really enjoy this season. Yeah, it's just a shame we can't play in Minnesota like every game because Cole Anthony seems to bring out his best performances there, doesn't he? Paul? I, I thought we showed some great unity, self-belief. They've got commitment. They played hard-nosed D. Um, you know, the it was epitomised by the um, hard common foul that... Uh, Mobamba put his shoulder through uh, Naz Reed, wasn't it? Uh, where they looked at it as a flagrant, uh, or but came out of it with saying it was a common. Um, that typified the fight that we got in that game, and it was good to see. Um, I think the stat of holding them to four of twenty-one shooting in the fourth quarter showed a bit of a step forward in the defence of uh, that we that we can play. Um, and this was the game where we saw for the first time uh, Coach Mosley shorten the rotation down. And I really like that. And I thought, coming back to what Gary was saying earlier, that that gave us a bit more production from the bench because we'd got some better players on. We weren't just relying on um, a lot of end, of end of the bench players to fill the space up with having Cole or Jalen on at all times and Bamba or uh, WCJ. I thought it worked really well. It was fantastic. And that dunk, oh God, that was nasty. <laughs> Gah, you be, would you be getting a Franz jersey now, mate? I've already had a word with the team shop and said, is there any chance of a Franz jersey? So <laughs> that's the one that looks like it's coming, but there's always a chance I might go for call. Um, just because I love all the grit he's got and his attitude. But yeah. I, I didn't... I didn't expect this. Um, I felt before the season that the Timberwolves really have, unless injuries happen to them, they should be a playing team in the West with the personnel they've got. So I was kind of expecting after the, the Detroit game, this might not end well. Um, but it was lovely, first of all, to hear in an opposition arena, cheers for the magic whenever Jalen Suggs was doing something. I thought, yeah. oh, this this happens elsewhere then. Um, so it was great to hear that. And it, it was nice as well as the game went on where it became like a Cole took over. And then when it looked, then all of a sudden France took over and it was, it was 
yeah. the first time really, I think, where it was like we could say that about this group where we had two guys who took over and they just couldn't do anything about. Yeah. So I'm hoping it's a little glimpse into the future of, you know, like it's not just Orlando stop Vucevic and see who else can do something, but it's a case of actually those two guys there when they thought they got rid of one, the other one stepped up and it was a... Uh, Great to see that dunk from a guy who apparently had no athleticism <laughs> when you looked at the draft reports. <laughs> not a very good athlete. Yeah. <laughs> Could have fooled me. <laughs> Could have fooled me from what I've seen so far. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mike, Mikey um, picked out a, a clip from Avery Johnson <clears throat> in the yeah. middle of the week, didn't you, mate? And it said, um, what was the, uh, the best move in the draft? And obviously, J- Jalen Suggs. Uh, and what was the worst move, Mikey? It was... It- Drafting Franz at eight, which <laughs> is an absolute joke, isn't it? Absolute yeah, joke. It is. It is. Right. So from uh, good times, um, well, the first half was okay against the Boston Celtics. So uh, we played the Celtics in the first game of a five-game homestand. I believe it was Wednesday night. Uh, we did lose ninety-two to seventy-nine. Uh, we did hold. I thought we played quite well in the first half. Um, we held a 46 to 44 lead, uh, but then we pl- probably played our worst quarter of basketball that I've probably seen in a long time. Um, with the Celtics taking the quarter 31 to 10 to put us in uh, a bit of a hole that we weren't able to get out of. Uh, for the game, we shot 32% from the field, 20% on threes, um, and we never really got going. Um, and you can't win basketball games, you know, shooting 32% from the floor, can you? Let's be honest. Uh, Cole led the way with 13 points. However, that was on four of 18 shooting. Uh, Wendell Carter, 13 and 13. Uh, and RJ Hampton had a pretty decent game off the bench with 12 points in 19 minutes. Jalen Brown did the damage for the Celtics, notching 28. Um, and I thought Al, Al Horford, in fairness, had a pretty decent game. Um, himself coming back uh, to play for the Celtics. So, uh, Paul, talk us through hey, that. Honestly, um, for me, I, I honestly thought this one looked like the schedule caught up with us. We'd played four games in six days. Um, all the games that involved travel, we'd had a uh, you know three road games, and then you've got to travel back to Orlando for your fourth game. We'd had a back to back. We played a fresh side in Boston. Uh, and I just thought in the third quarter, we just couldn't step up to match their intensity when they raised their game. Um, but I, I, I know in, in the group chat, when we were talking during the game uh, on Twitter, that it was picked up there that the, the, the shooting problems that we developed actually started in the last four minutes of the second quarter where we didn't register a point for those four minutes. And then it carried on into the third. Um, what was it? Six minutes without a point. So we had we had a ten minute period where we didn't score, um, and that just killed us, didn't it? Let's be fair. It, yeah, it's one of them games. But I, I thought the schedule caught up with us. Yeah, Gary. Yeah, I think as well. Just even though Boston were, weren't doing well and they haven't looked great this season, when we look at the preseason, um, Suggs's debut was against. Um, Marcus Smart and you know if you're thinking about a nightmare player to make a debut against it would be him and I just think the backcourt of Boston really were like a swarm on the magic you know and 
for two young guards to be going up against Brown, who's just a fantastic player anyway and smart. Yes. You're all, you're always up against it. I would love to see Jalen Brown on the Magic. I think he's just one of those gritty, hard-nosed guys who just seems to produce. And I think if Boston get Tatum going because he's had a bad start of the season, um, we're playing against a pretty good playoff team there, and they're just with experience and knowing each other, shut us down really. Um, and there wasn't a great deal we could do about it. But maybe it's a lesson. Maybe he's the lowest, the 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 floor for uh, Jalen Suggs might be Marcus Smart in terms of the defensive end and what he can do. And if that's his flaw, it's still a pretty good player. Yeah, I think that's Mikey. a fair point. You look at you look right. at Jalen Suggs and oh, sorry, you look at uh, Brown and Smart, and whether you love or hate Boston, they really do embody the spirit that Boston teams play with. Mm-hmm. Um, they did. They did play a really good game. They really did. Yeah. Yeah. Mikey, what do you think? Um, mate? It's not not much to add, really. Uh, you guys have really covered it. Um, like I said, the third was was terrible offensively. Um, we we were just we were. It was typical of a young team trying to force their way back into a game, taking four shots, and the ball movement stopped. There was no paint penetration. Um, <laughs> which I think has been a a common theme over the last couple of games for us, which is something I think when Markel Foltz comes back, that we'll hopefully see a little bit more of and that will help. Um, yeah, it was a disappointing game, um, but these we, we know these nights are going to happen. So we move yeah. on. Right, and that brings us on to the final game of the week, which was last night's encounter against the San Antonio Spurs. A game I did think we would win, um, as you'll see from my Magic Moments coupon. Um, and if you if you, are, if you haven't tried Magic Moments yet, please do. Um, we've had, gosh, about 40 people participate so far, so a little plug for that. Um, standings have been updated on the website, so uh, please do um, chance your arm at it. So, um, yeah, last night, frustration. Um, we struggled shooting the ball. For me, the ball movement wasn't good enough, uh, but credit where it was due to Co- Coach Popovich, obviously a very good coach in his schemes, and he uh, tried a lot of different things, going full court on us, putting us out of our um, setup. Um, Deontay Murray, is that how you say it? He's got one of those names, hasn't he, that you can't really say? Deontay Murray? Deontay Murray, yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. Um, he, he notched 20 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. Uh, and Keldon Johnson chipped in with 20 points. Cole Anthony led the way for the Magic with 21. Wendell Carter Jr., 13. And then we had 12 from Bamba and Suggs with Franz Wagner notching 7. Um, although I thought he probably should have seen a bit more floor time, uh, which dropped the Magic to 2-8 and eight for the season. Uh, now, you watched this this morning, Mikey. What are your thoughts? Uh, I felt like, like I said, San Antonio are a well-drilled team. Uh, we got got behind early. Um, and, and again, it was a bit like the Toronto game. They kept chipping away. They didn't stop fighting. They, they, they kept trying. They got the lead down to, what, seven, eight, nine points several mm-hmm. times. And it just felt like San Antonio were just holding us at arm's length the whole time. And they were just waiting for the opportunity just to put the game put the game away. It, it didn't really ever feel like, it's a bit like the Boston second half, it didn't really ever feel like the game was ours there for the taking. Well, I, I didn't think that watching it. It just felt like 
when we got a little bit of momentum, the Spurs always had that answer for our runs then. Um, so, I, I mean, again, we, did we settle for too many threes in that game, trying to force our way back in? I think that was definitely a problem. Um, again, paint penetration is another, another issue. There's a lot of dribble screen handoffs happening out on the perimeter and it just seems like the Spurs are happy to keep us out on the three-point line and, and force us into three. So, um, yeah, like, like, it's, it's going to happen with a young team, like we've been saying. And uh, some nights the, the threes are going to fall like it did against the Timberwolves and, and some nights it's going to be a bit of a struggle like it was against San Antonio. So, yeah, another loss. We move on. <laughs> We're going to say this a lot, I think, this season, but there we go. All right. And uh Gary? Yeah, spot on analysis from Maggie. And for me, I think the uh, the Spurs are a bit of like a yardstick team for us to measure against because they've gone into kind of a rebuild. The difference is, I think, is they've got the, the coaching staff there where they've got pop and they've got this like Spurs culture, I guess. Um, I did expect us to win that, but as has already been said, I think that they just kind of kept us at arm's length. And whenever we look like we might make a run, they shut it back down. Um, I think another difference was... Uh, the bench unit where um, they had Vassell and Young coming off the bench for San Antonio and I think in particular uh, Young Thaddeus Young during the game just yeah. seemed to make those big plays just where he could disrupt people or you know like there was a time where I think it was a defensive play and he was just at the centre of it all and he was kind of leading them at times yeah. and I felt they got leadership from him that we maybe didn't get from uh, elsewhere and it just really annoyed me Doug McDermott's one of those players who just for whatever reason just annoys me because I just see him as like he looks like he should be bullying Will Ferrell and Step Brothers or something <laughs> <laughs> so I was kind of sat there going Doug's got to do us again and then there we are the San Antonio Step Brothers beat Orlando so. <laughs> Paul a story of turnovers again, isn't it? Turnovers, um, and as has been said, that inability to score consistently, and then when we did put a scoring run on, we weren't able to get weren't able to get stops, and San Antonio were able to get points every time. Um, it was a really frustrating one. Uh, Cole did okay. Uh, RJ shot the three quite nicely. Um, Mo nailed another couple of threes, didn't he? Um, he's, that's a bit of a bonus for the season, I think, his uh, three-point shooting. Uh, Wendell got his sixth double-double. It's third in his last three games. Um, it, was, it was another one of them games where you look and the number of turnovers, it's going to happen with a young team. We've got to be patient. Um, we, we need to see improvements in the fundamentals, but that's going to be things that happen as the season progresses. And as you know, guys like Jalen and Cole get used to playing against uh, the more experienced players. You know, there's this. Uh, I don't think we can just blame Terence Ross and Gary Harris for it. And I know we're going to come to that in a bit, but you know, because some of the turnover, a lot of the turnovers aren't down to them. Um, but I do think we are seeing some positive growth in each game. You know, Jalen Suggs did okay last night. He had a decent game. Um, there's, we, as Mikey said, it's going to be a season where we have those types of games. Uh, we've got to be realistic. We're a young team. We're going to have at least this season, probably next, and perhaps beyond that, where we're still looking at games where we go, 
we're just not there. We're just not out of the races yet. If, if we are talking about a long-term development plan, then you're looking, you look how long it took Philadelphia to become more competitive with the number of good picks that they had. We've got time and we're going to have to be patient. And that was a, that was a game where put it in the memory bank, learn from the mistakes and move on. And Philly yeah. still aren't that close either. <laughs> hey, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's but how much is that down to the executives moving people around some bad trades that they've made. And uh, should we say a little bit of fallings out as well? There's clearly been some issues. Well publicised. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just... Um, I just put a little section in on the agenda. Magic thoughts on the week. Obviously, we need to talk about that Franz Wagner dunk. The uh, best dunk by a Magic rookie since maybe Dwight or Shaq. Anyone? No point asking. Paul hasn't seen. Paul, Paul hasn't seen <laughs> enough rookies. <laughs> exactly, mate. That's, that's what I say. No point asking me. I can't. I can't. Go on, yeah. There is a Kraken um, Oladipo dunk that I think was in his rookie year on the Hawks on, and it was on Al Horford and Paul Millsap, which is worth having a look. Okay, we'll see if we can take that out after and uh, post it's it on Twitter. But it was a great dunk still. I just I just thought I'd throw that in, be awkward, but I just think it's the, the Victor Oladipo one was a pretty good one as well. Yeah. And um, obviously France is growing game by game, you know, showing versatility, good decision-making, being in the right place at the right time, uh, very good defensively. Um, so sometimes you probably think maybe he should have gone five. I, I know Suggs is great, but the way France has played this year, um, you know, obviously it, one of the top rookies. Yeah, he's had less production in the last two games. We've had less scoring out of him in the last two games, let's be fair. Um, but up to that point he'd scored double figures in every game the, it's only these last two games that he hasn't managed to attain double figures so yeah I'm, I'm more than happy with him I think it's his hands his hands the, the, the positional play he gets and the ability to just he doesn't seem to draw a lot of fouls he doesn't seem to put, uh, not draw a lot of fouls commit a lot of fouls he doesn't seem to commit fouls when he does reach out when he does put his hands in they are well timed um, the guys playing some fantastic basketball and stuff that doesn't necessarily show up on the stat sheet. You know, you don't see yeah. anything for deflections. No, you don't no, see anything for that, those where just ring that bell, know, Paul. Exactly, mate. You look at the number of times that um, I put. The, I can't remember where I, where I read the stat, but the it was against the Celtics where when he was guarding Schroeder, uh, Brown, and I think it was Tatum. They put up something like, I can't remember whether it was 10 or 20 shots with him as the guard and only two of them, I think two of them were successful shots. Phenomenal defensive statistic on him. Um, it was in one of the one of the game previews I did. I can't remember exact, the exact numbers. But he's played some really, really good basketball and it's stuff yeah. that doesn't necessarily, as I say, appear because you get his positioning is such that at times players will just that's the end of not getting there and they've got to feed the ball off. So that doesn't show that he's actually broke the play up. You get nothing for that. He's good, yeah. great. No, he's, he's going to be a really good defensive player for us. Yeah, and Jalen Suggs as well has uh, shown, um, you know, in flashes as yeah. well. So you've got those two in there. Obviously, Jonathan Isaac <laughs> to come back. Markel's a good defender. 
Um, Obamba's a very capable, you know, shot blocker, etc. as well. So, um, our future's bright. And, and I think when we're talking about Wagner as well, last night against the Spurs, there was two, there was one uh, play, wasn't there, where I think he, did he block the ball? He stole the ball at one end and the Magic got out on a fast break and then they found Wagner for the three at the top of the top of the arc. And that sort of sums up Wagner in, in a nutshell with those just two plays in a row. But yeah, no, he's had a great start to the season. I think Suggs, he's playing the hardest position the, the centre and the point guard position are the hardest to learn and and obviously he's playing the two guard at times as well but like, once, once he finds his spots offensively Jalen I think then you might start to see his offensive game come out a little bit more he's just trying to force force things a little bit too much especially when Cole's not on the floor I think I think he feels like he's got to step his game up a little bit when Cole's not playing on playing at the same time um, but I don't think we can really complain about the starters because they've been phenomenal really to start the season. When you look at the numbers they've they've been putting up and, and defensively as well. Um, so, yeah, there's lots to clean up. Like I said, we've got players to come back, but there's lots of positive signs there that the Magic can build from. Yeah. How are we feeling about RJ? Oh, well, I, I thought last night he was a bit like a headless chicken. I was I was a little bit annoyed. Um, I like what he does, the energy that he brings, but just slow down a little bit. Yeah. Um, shooting the ball well. It's just when he gets to the basket, sometimes you know he doesn't finish. I think he may be the odd man out when Markel comes back, oh, yeah. uh, and then he might see his minutes uh, reduced a little bit more. Uh, unless we, you know, obviously touch wood, don't see any injuries um, so capable but not convinced at the moment do you think do we think that oh, it, it comes back to what we were talking about before um, in last week I think it was when we were talking about the backcourt when Markel does come back who who partners alongside him is do we still think that Cole and RJ are a better partnership together Right now, for me, um, I think you've got to say who goes with Cole Anthony. Yeah, I think he's. I think that's he, a very uh, fair point. He's he's earned it. He for me right now, he's the face of the magic. Um, he's he seems to be the leader on the floor. He's the the hype guy. He's the guy putting his like the press conference last night. Calls out there and he's kind of just saying, you know, like blame me almost. You know, put he's very. Yeah. For me, it's he's he looks like a guy who a couple of years ago when he was touted as being a top five pick alongside Wiseman and Lamello and Anthony Edwards, that's what we've seen this season. So I think it might go to a three-guard rotation where it's Suggs, Cole and Markel. And then maybe Hampton's going to get some minutes in there. And the odd one out for me would be Gary Harris, um, who I just don't think at the minute warrants being in the rotation. Um, and whether that's due to injury, whether it's due to attitude, whether it's just he hasn't settled, whether he wasn't happy with the trade, going through a slump, you've got a player who's the form guys. And for me, I would, if we're going to lose a game, I would rather lose it by get, letting Argier find himself in this than have a vet who's probably going to be gone by the trade deadline, kind of going through the motions out on the floor. 
So yeah, that's a good point, Gary. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll bump up one of the uh, the points that I had on the agenda. So mm-hmm. observations on the body language of some of the veterans. I know there's been a, a, some grumblings on Twitter, etc. People aren't happy how some people are not engaged. Is pro- probably the best way of putting it. Um, any comments on that to follow on from you know your comments on Gary Harris? The, I think at the end of it, these people are human and it's their job. And, you know, I, I, there's been times where things haven't gone great at work and you're kind of not happy when you're in the workplace. And I think, well, what would my body language have been like at that point when something big goes against you? And for me, um, Gary Harris coming into Orlando, I've kind of just, it hasn't looked, it, it just hasn't looked right since he got here for me. And maybe he didn't want to come. Maybe he's missing being in Denver. I don't know, but his body language isn't right. Um, Terence Ross, I kind of have a has a lot longer rope for me um, because of what he's done in the past. And if you're looking at it as T Ross, you might have said, "Well, I signed that contract to play for a team that's a playoff team. Everybody else got their trade, and here I am as like the the captain of the ship in a rebuild." But I, you know, like I'm looking at my career. I'm in my best years now. Should I be? Can I get that trade to a contender? And you, for him, maybe it's just a case of losing's taking its toll. You know, it's not where he wanted to be. And for the best will in the world, when he he gets out on a court and sees a half full arena, which which is an issue in Orlando at the minute, maybe it's just it's an ask too much right now. And you know, if if we trade Terence Ross, I, I would just say thank you for everything. Um, you've been great to watch, and the other vet, Robin Lopez, and he, for me, Robin Lopez is doing what he's here for. I, I think people would have been outraged yeah. in the summer if Bamba and Carter Junior weren't seeing floor time for Robin Lopez because we know what the knock for the anti Clifford Brigade was. You play Michael, Michael Carter Williams over everyone, so you know if Lopez is on the bench, that's what you guys would want. Let him be there. Let him be the good vet on the bench. You know he seems to be a team guy. Let him be that. Yeah, well said. Yeah. For me as okay. well, with just with when you're talking about Terence Ross, we all know his name was on the block around the time with the trade deadline when when we moved on from Vooch and all. Um, now he's he is kind of one the one the biggest shooting threat or one of the biggest shooting threats that we have on the team. He draws so much defensive attention that he's either not able to get a shot off or he isn't trying to take the shots and trying to pass the ball away. Um, that's affecting his scoring. I think that affects his confidence. Um, add that to the things as we've just been saying, does he still want to be in Orlando? And I've, if he doesn't, I understand that because as you just said, Gary, he signed a contract with a, t- with a different team effectively. Um, a team that was in a different position. So I understand it. Um, I don't know as I don't know as I'm sitting here thinking that Terence Ross isn't interested. I think he's having a hard time of things at the moment. Um, and if he wants away, yeah, let's support him, get him in a winning situation. I've got no problem on that because he's been a good servant to the team. Yeah, yeah. Gary Harris, I'm not so sure. Yeah, when you say Terence Ross to a winning situation, you know. There's a couple of teams we wouldn't send him to, though, yeah? Of you know what I'm saying? Is. Of course there is, mate. <laughs> three, three of them, yeah, of course. Yeah. I think that's the, the point that you've just said, Gary, as well, about the 
the the half full arena, mm-hmm. and then you look out at the arena and it's bedecked in green and it's uh, or it's full of Knicks fans making far more noise than our own, which is another thing that's been lots of rumblings about in the on Twitter the uh, lack of support in the arena for our team. But again, I've seen it on Twitter and I'm kind of like, I'll look at it say, my football club is the biggest losers in world football, according to a statistic, which I read, I read an article that said if you put everything down, suddenly the biggest losers in world football. And if you came up here to watch a match, um, since you look at things like 19-point season, 15-point season, back-to-back relegations... The crowd at Sunderland, in my opinion, has kind of got like almost like a PTSD without belittling PTSD, where if something can go wrong, it will go wrong and it can go flat very, very quick. And it's the same in the Northeast. Nothing's really happened forever. And when momentum goes bad, it goes bad quick. And I think in Orlando, if I was thinking about myself as a paying Magic fan every every game, um, we haven't really done anything really since Dwight Howard. Like we've gone to playoffs, we've had that little flirtation with it. And I just wonder if it's kind of like, okay, we're back in a rebuild and people's like, you know what? I don't want to spend $25 tonight or go into the arena, you know, to see us play Boston. And then you get there and it's decked out in green and, you know, we're going to probably, you know, like lose in the, by the second quarter. You can understand the atmosphere because it's just from me. I've been there and it's like, here we go again. Like, I'm the guy who, when we were in the playoff final, as Charlton had the ball going up the pitch, I was counting it down. I was going five, four, three, they scored, now it right. Okay, that's game over, you know, and it's, would that be the same in Orlando? And I, I can't fault the fans, but it doesn't look good. And I think if you're a player who's wanting that energy, you might not be getting it from everywhere. And that's not to knock people in the arena. It's just possibly the way it is right now. It's hard yeah. to support a losing team, isn't it? Yeah. And get excited yeah. by it when yeah. when it's you know a, a record of of two and eight. It's hard to get excited by. Yeah. It's hard to find the positives. Yeah. You, yes. you know, there's. Sorry. No, sorry, Gary. Go. On. What were you going to say? Yeah. Just a couple of like there's, there's guys I know who go to the the Magic games and they, they see on their Instagram and stuff when they're live like Cortez and like Ben and such and I feel for them. Because I'm like, you're there, like regular quarters is every single game, I think. And it's kind of like, you can see in the background, like Celtic shirts sometimes, or if there's a pan out of the arena and it's got to be soul destroying because it's it's the equivalent of like going into work after you've lost a derby. Maybe it's in America where you've got people who's moved down to Florida, snowbirds from New York and Boston. And they're just like, yeah, we're going to go to the um, Amway tonight and we're going to see our team beat Orlando. Then we're going to just lord it over everybody in our shirts on the way out. And <laughs> right now there's nothing we can do no, you know? no I agree mate it's yeah. it's hard and yeah. and when none of us are surprised are we I, I think when it comes to Harris and Ross for me I'm not surprised they're probably feeling the way they are I was just expecting it a little bit later in the season not this early into the like 10 games into the season because uh, they don't look like they're enjoying playing at all do they? Um, and Gary already said, like for 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 Gary Harris, I mean, you can't be surprised. He's gone from a contender to one of the worst teams in the league. So you, you kind of can't blame him. Terence Ross, I, it's difficult for him because I I know he's got such a a fond uh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
He's got fond memories, hasn't he? He's had a good time playing for Orlando, especially helping us in the playoffs the last couple of years. Um, and he doesn't want to leave on bad terms because we know they're going to go. The, the writing's on the wall at some point. Um, we'll see. We'll see when that happens. But I would just wanted to see that a little bit more out of them um, because, what was it, last night they combined for, for nine points against the Spurs. I, I was even watching the Spurs game this morning and Becky, uh, I think David Steele goes, I think we're in the third or fourth quarter and Terence Ross has only taken two shots and Becky turned around and goes, is that all? And some of that's because of the attention he's drawing, but you just want a little bit more out of them. I, they, they've still got to be professional about it as well. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, wrap that bit up. So uh, last point I had on thoughts of the week, are we shooting too many three pointers? So it dawned on me, we're shooting an awful lot. Um, last year we averaged 31.8 per game. Now I understand it's a totally different system. We've now uh, averaging 39.2, um, shooting 41 against San Antonio last night, 43 against Boston. 43 against Minnesota and 32 against Detroit. Any thoughts on that? Are we chucking it up a little bit too much? Should we be, you know, a bit more paint passing, um, kicking out, or is it just a new system? Go on, I'll let somebody else go first rather than me open my mouth. I think right now it's partly finding who we are. Um, I do sometimes watch the game and go, what system are we playing? You know, like we should, I don't think our ball movement's good. I think it was Mikey said earlier, I think when Fultz comes back, it will change a lot. I think it will change an awful lot because he, he's, he's got better court vision for me from what we've seen from Jalen Suggs right now and Cole's more of a scorer as a point guard. But I think the ball movement at times could be a little bit better also, I do wonder, are we chugging it up because that's the new NBA, which I think we are doing, and are guys trying to find their rhythm, that like Kobe thing of just shoot through it until it comes, which is possible, or is it a, is it a case of it's we've got to do this? You know, this, the, are, they, are they sure of the guys who they're playing with right now? You know, have they got that relationship or bond? We, we hear they have, but it's going to take time to form, and usually... I think it's a veteran who's leading that, a veteran or two. And we've already said we maybe don't quite have what we want there. Whereas on teams that are forming their identities, you know, if we had Vooch there for argument's sake, we know if we need a basket, you can throw it on the inside and he's probably going to get you something. Whereas right now we're maybe still figuring out, well, what can Mo do? What are Mo's strengths? Because he likes to come out and shoot as well. So I think there's a lot of questions about the magic right now, which is still patience, figure it out, find the identity on the offensive end and Mosley himself will be figuring it out for, as well because Paul, you said he's he's young. He's a young yeah. coach. He's yeah. new to this. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm going to carry on from that because I've got a couple of those points. Um, the other thing is, I'm not so sure it's actually too many threes. It's that we've forgotten how to do much else. Yeah. As you've just said, Gary, we don't seem to have that idea of how else to do something um, I'm all for the three when the opportunity is there um, but we rely on it all the time and we rely on it against the wrong teams as well 
last night with San Antonio. San Antonio, when you look at the stats, have got one of the best defensive records against the three ball. They are not conceding a lot of threes. So why was that our mm-hmm. go-to move against them? And interestingly, Paul, San Antonio only shot 19 threes yeah. themselves last night. Um, I, I just want to add to what you guys have been saying. I mentioned this to Mikey a couple of weeks ago. Sometimes I think that the, we run the shot clock down too much. Something mm-hmm. will happen and then often there's like a, you know, a, a scramble or a heave uh, right one second, two seconds to go. doesn't happen every game, but maybe it's happened a couple of times, two, three times um, in some games. And, you know, that's obviously going to add to this statistic. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, I, I think it's probably down to the players. Um, Cole likes to, to put them up from three. But yeah, it, it's possibly the system. Um, you look at, who knows? I, th- I think when you look at the games that we've actually had success with the three ball in, it's where there's been good ball movement, where we've played, mm-hmm. we've collapsed the defence inside, we've gone into the paint, we've kicked it out, or we've moved the ball around to move the defence around to get a good open look. A lot of what we've been throwing up are Hail Marys. We're just hoping it's a prayer. Um, they're not. They're not the good. They're not good shot selections. You're going to get that, as we've said, with young teams and young players learning. I do. I do feel like there's been stretches this week where we've got a lot of good looks from three. I don't think I'm not. I don't think I've got a problem with the number of threes. It's how we're taking those shots. Like mm. how many times have we seen this week? And there was a stat that I think David Steele brought up during the broadcast was how many times has Cole Anthony thrown up a shot with like. Or he's getting the ball in his hands with like three or five seconds left and they're saying, right, mm. go and do something right at the end of the shot clock. I think that's the problem. Um, like there's been games this week and and the ball's just not falling and you're thinking, but I'm happy with the attempts they're getting. I mean, if you look at the stats, we're eighth in three-point attempts and we're 13th in three-point percentage. So there's not actually a big gap there between what we're making compared to the attempts that we're uh, that we're taking. I just feel that like the times there's there's stretches, there's quarters where we're settling for threes, where we're not getting into the paint and we're thinking, right, we'll just kick the ball around the perimeter and and get the ball. And we're doing that at times. We're finding like Bamba had two corner threes, I remember. I think that was against Spurs. And I thought they were pretty good attempts. He missed both. Well, I think he made one, maybe missed the other. Um, but I feel like on the whole, I'd say three quarters of our attempts are sort of in rhythm. And then there's probably a quarter where we're going through stretches where we're struggling offensively. And like I said, or the shot clock's running down. And so I I don't think it's the number of threes. I think it's how we're getting into those shots. that's more of the issue. Yeah. 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 Selection of them. I quite agree. Yeah. Right. Shameless plug, shameless plug time, Paul. It's um, right. (laughs) If you'd like to, uh, Support us. Um, if you visit official NBA store EU and Fanatics, uh, please use our affiliate links in the descriptions. Uh, they'll be posted on the podcast. Uh, shop the latest NBA and Magic gear, including merchandise, including jerseys, shorts, T-shirts. Uh, you can also get NFL, MLB, even Premier League stuff, I think, actually on Fanatics. Um, use our discount code MAGICUK10 at the checkout for 10% off your order. Um, some exclusions do apply um right uh, uh, there is there is one bit on. of uh 
merchandise I wish they'd uh, start stocking and that's hashtag Ollie's at the wheel because that, that that would be a great seller for uh, Man United fans. <laughs> Sorry, what? I just had to throw that in there. What? what? It's going to go mad here, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so let's just have a quick recap on what we predicted. Obviously, we didn't um, record before the San Antonio game. So Paul was a victorious last week and predicted a one and three record. Myself and Mikey went for two and two. Uh, so I believe Paul takes the lead. That's take the lead it's ridiculous, isn't it? The Mr. Wooden Spoon takes the lead. <laughs> <laughs> There's a long way to go, mate. There's a long way oh, to mate, go. Oh, mate, you won't trust me. Trust me. It, it might. So, it might. I might just be floating at the minute, but believe me. We're on, it's soon going to go down. It's soon going to be going down, yeah. trust me. Obviously, we play the Utah Jazz uh, this Sunday at 11pm in our third game of our homestand. Um, so, seeing as we've only got one game, guys, um, we'll have a prediction. Um, I think we'll probably all go the same way. But as a bit of a tiebreaker, if you want to just tell me who the leading scorer will be, uh, be it for the Magic or the Jazz, uh, for the game, and if we all do go for a, a loss, then uh, there's a tiebreaker there. So I'll let Gary go first. So are we going to win and who's going to be the top scorer? No, we're not going to win. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'll just start with that. Uh, I'm going to go left field then with this. I think Rudy Gobert will be the top scorer in the game. Okay. okay. Just okay. thinking big body inside. So I'm going to go with Gobert. All right, cool. Uh, Paul? We're not going to win. Um, Bogdanovich. Okay. Mr. Magic Killer himself. Mikey, I'll let you go next, mate, because I know what you're going to say. All right. I'm going to be a little bit more positive. I'm going to say Cole Anthony's going to be the leading scorer in the game. But we'll still lose. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to go there, but there we go. Um, I think we'll also lose, uh, but I will go with uh, Mitchell. I thought he would have gone first. Risky. Boy, but yeah, Risky. I know he might not play, but yeah, there we go. There is a, there is a I'm, 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 all might be out. Yeah, no, I know, I know that, but I don't think anybody else is going to top score, so no. I'll play that. Uh, play that risk. Unless I go for a magic win. Oh. Let's change let's Ooh. change it up. Let's go with a magic win and go positive. Right. Yeah, let's do like that. It. Let's do that. Like it. Magic win. So we're gonna we find we we break this hoodoo of the poor performance on home court. Yeah. It's gotta end sometime, hasn't it? I hope so. Well, I think so, it's, uh, it, wait, you, you can argue <clears> that the four worst performances we've had this season, not necessarily by um, ga- uh, deficit that we've lost by, but the four worst performances have all come on home court. Mm. Yeah, it would be the most magic thing to do. I mean, last week we went on that road trip. We expected us to beat Detroit. We, you know, we were competitive against Toronto. Maybe win that one, and maybe drop that Minnesota game. Of course, we won the Minnesota game. So this would be the most magic thing to happen. So. Yeah, I'll go for I thought you. Win. I thought you. I thought you would have took Joe Ingles though. Gee, no, no, I don't like him. You love that guy. You love him. You know you do. Can't stand it. Can't stand it. Convict. 
Anyway, anyway. It's interesting nobody took Clarkson. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tampa Boy. Clarkson. No, that's it. So let's move on to uh, Paul's favourite part of the week. Um, magic quiz time. Woo-hoo. I asked my wife, I, I asked my wife earlier, I said, oh, I might do a new format or something. And she said, um, do anagrams. It's like, can't do anagrams. So, um, yeah, can't. sorry, Ames. Um, we're not doing anagrams. So, um, the Magic have been represented with many nationalities in the team's 32 seasons. So, I'm going to test your knowledge of international players that resent, uh, represented the ball club. So, I'm going to give you a, a, a nation. And I'm going to tell you how many players have played from said nation. I have got one, two, three, six different countries here. So, um, you can do it all together because some of them are rather difficult. Uh, but I'll start you off with a nice, easy one, okay? Germany, we've had two players. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I might be able to do that one. Come on, Paul. Did we have, did we have somebody called Wagner? A, a Frank, Frank Wagner? <clears throat> Frank. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what the bloody predictive texter keeps changing his name to on my, when I'm doing the previews. <laughs> You don't know how many times I've had to change K to a Z. <laughs> cool. And and his brother? Should we have his brother? Yeah. What's his name? Mo. Or oh, Mortise. Oh. For, for the for the four points. Right, there we go. Mortise. Right. I thought it was Moritz. Oh, I'm gonna say I thought it was Moritz. Mortise. Oh, sorry, sorry, I've just misread oh. my uh... <laughs> Paul, our special oh, speech is, is rubbing off on G now, isn't it, eh? Oh, my gosh. And the third one. Hey, I'll tell you what, Gary, Gary, it. you're next, mate. Uh, I don't, I've already had the Paul injuries. I don't want, I don't <laughs> want the speech either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like a sweeping through. <laughs> yeah. Right then, let's move to another country then. Let's go with Great Britain. We've had three players represent... The Orlando Magic. If you need the years, I can give you the years because I'm kind like that. Ben There's Gordon. Michi. Ben um, Gordon is correct. Yeah. 14 15. I've heard of John Amici in there. Two, and yeah. uh, Robert, to 2001. Yeah. Robert Archibald. Archibald, was it? Rest, in, rest in peace. Yeah. Yeah. A Scotsman. So, um, yeah, well done. You've got the three there. Right, we've got Ireland. There's one representative who's from Ireland and he played for the Magic in 2002-2003. So apologies, Paul. Mate, I, I did actually know Robert Archibald, so that was before my time as well, wasn't it? It was, it was. Yeah. But now I've got no wanna... idea on this one. Well, I'll tell you, he's, he's a, a left-handed centre. <clears throat> Who also spent time with the Phoenix Suns. Well, I've got one name, but I thought I don't think he's Irish. Go on then. Is it initials PB? It is. Is it Pat Burke? It was yeah. Pat Burke. It was Pat Burke. Well done. Very good. Right. We've got three more got nations left. Let's go with. Canada, because we've had a few more recent 
players uh, come from Canada. I'm sure I've got Paul's one. got a few. Yeah. Can we, can have, we can have Cam. Cam Go Birch. on, you can have you can have Cam. You can have Cam. Mikey? Got the, got the torture chamber. Andrew Nicholson. Yeah. Mm. Gary, do you want to throw any into the mix? That was my top two there. So cheers, <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to have a think now. Oh, we had the lad last season, didn't we? From the Did G League. What was his name? Real rough diamond of a of a guard. The one that sounded like a Liverpool player. Yeah, Mane. Yeah. Oh, Kareem Mane. Kareem Mane. Kareem Mane. Right, and you might be surprised to know this, but there are two current players on our roster who deem Canada to be the nationality, according to my um, research online. Um. Oh, isn't one of them Iggy? It is. Ignis yeah. Brzdikis is Lithuanian <clears throat> slash Canadian. So yeah. that was a great shot. I didn't think anyone was going to get that one. And then there's one more on the current roster. Shoot with Mulder. Yeah. yeah. He's got, he shoots, he scores. We're on fire Michael, tonight. <laughs> Michael, Michael Mulder. Right. Let's try and cool you down. Do you want France or do you want Croatia next? Let's go it. Croatia. I'll give you France. No, I can wait for that one. You can have France. Right. There are three players who represented the Magic who've played for France. Bonnier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, of course. Keep, keep your eyes up, Mikey. I don't know what system hey, you've got hands there. Are up. <laughs> Bones off. So Fournier is one. I can tell you the years of the other two, and I can tell you they were guards. If that helps at all. You need to start playing the Jeopardy music when you're thinking, boys. What's the what's the years, G? So you've got 2008 to 2010, and he was part of the finals run. Oh, Michael Petrus. Yeah. Pe- Peaches himself. Yeah. Rousey. Um, yeah. Um, and the last player then, he played in two, uh, 1999 to 2000. If you're really struggling, I can tell you another interesting fact. Gary, any idea? No, I'm drawing. I had a player in my mind, but there's someone who's got Italian dual nationality. You're thinking of Travis Dina, aren't you? I am. I am. <laughs> I thought of. Are you a, bit, are you a big Wafer Travis fan? In. I love Travis, but Von Wafer popped into my mind, but it's not. No, that was a bit before his time. So, um, give you two clues. First clue is he changed his name. Tariq. Whilst he was in the NBA. Sorry? It's not Tariq Abdul-Wahad, is it? It is Tariq Abdul-Wahad. So he was drafted. He was Olivier St. John. Yeah. Um, he was drafted by the Sacramento Kings. And my other fact was uh, we traded Nick Anderson for him. We did. We did. So, no, good knowledge there, mate. Right, and the last country is Croatia. 
Mario so we have four him. players. Go on, Gas. Super Mario. Yeah, yeah. Su- Super Mario or not so Super Mario is yeah. one. I don't know if he's Croatian, but I'm going to throw it out there. Darko Milicic. Mm. Nope. No, Darko was not one of them. I think he might have been Serbian. I might be wrong. Oh, Do you want any... Uh, Paul would know one of them. And then I'd oh, expect the other two okay. to, to, to get. So the one Paul would know played for the Magic between 2016 and 17. Um, he was uh, a big man who um, came off the bench, shot the ball quite well from deep. And I think he wore number three, top of my head. Frank Vogel years. I'm struggling with that one. Yeah. He didn't... I think he played for the season, but then he wasn't retained. Oh, oh what's his name? Rudesh. Yeah. What's his first name? Damien. Damien. Yeah, Damien. Damien Rudesh, 16 to 17. So we're missing two now. <clears throat> so the pressure is on. Mikey and Gary because they were fans of the team at this time so one played between uh, 2003 and 2004 and the other played between 2004 and 2006 the latter was a centre and the former was a shooting guard was Zaza Pachulia around that time Uh, it was in and around that time but it it wasn't Zaza I think he's from Georgia Mm, yeah he is they're not a bad oh, shout. Mm. I if can tell want... you the jersey numbers if you if you really want. Because we went get... through a time where we just seemed to bring in lots of like European bigs. So I'm just Yeah, what one of them was. And he looked a little bit <laughs> Obviously. like Obviously. Uh... <laughs> Who's the other guy? Who's the other guy? Um besides Zaza. We had Gortak, but he was Polish. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I'm not thinking of him. Um he, he, one of them might have the same name as somebody you mentioned already from Croatia. Mario Kasun? Kasun. Mario Kasun, yes. He played for the Magic between 2004 and 2006. So you're just missing the shooting guard from 2003-2004. And if you need some help, I can give you some clues. Gordon Giracek. Wow. Do you know what? He just it. popped into my head as well. Wow. <laughs> what a mate. Safe yeah. to say he didn't pop in mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Gordon Giracek, the man traded from Memphis with Drew Gooden for Mike Miller, I believe that was the trade, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Which um, didn't sit well with uh, T-Mac at the time. So, um, yeah, that wraps it up. Thank Love you one, very mate. much. Good quiz, good quiz. Yeah, yeah very good. Good stuff. Thank you for joining us, Gary. No worries. Uh, hope you enjoyed it, mate. <laughs> Look, absolutely love it. Anytime, anytime. Awesome. Appreciate that, mate. Appreciate that. Next time we might get you on when uh, Sunderland have won, so we'll have a... Uh, <laughs> I'll see you in happy, 20. Happier times. <laughs> <laughs> we'll speak to you eventually, mate, but not, yeah. not for a fair you know, while. Come to my wake if you want. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, cool. So uh, thanks for your likes, follows, watching us and um, listening to us, obviously, on podcasts. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast, hit the notifications button as to not miss any future episodes. You can find all of our links in the podcast description and also on our website at orlandomagicuk.com. Please leave us your comments and questions. We love hearing from you all. If you aren't already doing so, please make sure you follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, from all of us here at Orlando Magic UK and Gary Craggs, go magic.